Thank you for tuning in to Emmanuel Faith Community Church. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Buenos dias, Emmanuel Faith. Good morning. My name is Esteban Tapia, for those that don't know me, and I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, usually I get to teach in Spanish in our Spanish language service, but uh, from uh, every now and then I have the opportunity to come here and practice my English with you. <laughs> and you have the opportunity to practice your Spanish as well. Uh, I mean, it's a joy to come and, and, and share from God's word. And today we'll do it. And I, I'm, I've been praying and I hope that God will speak into our lives in a way that is refreshing and that is well needed. Well, with that said, let me welcome those that are watching us online. Thank you so much as well for joining us. And well, let's dive into our study of God's word. Today we'll conclude with our, this is our story series. So please open your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. I have uh, given the title to my message, Unete a la fiesta, which means join the party in Spanish. Uh, for the last five weeks, Pastor Ryan has led us through a study on this beautiful chapter from Scripture. And it's uh, been fascinating to see how the three parables in this passage are a reflection of our story. We were lost, but now we are found. In telling the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coins, and the two lost sons, Jesus gave us a new understanding of our condition. In general, humanity has been lost. Not in terms of geographical location, but in terms of our relationship with God. Since we have sinned, a relationship with God is broken. And keep in mind that sin is a breach in our relationship with God before the breaking of his law. Now, when Jesus came into the world, he came to restore our relationship with God proclaiming the good news of his kingdom. His message was very simple and upfront. It was an invitation to the multitudes to change their mentality, to reconsider their ways, and to embrace the ruling of God over their lives. The time has come, Jesus said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This was definitely a challenging message, but it was also intriguing to those who were waiting for the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies, to those who were waiting for the full restoration of the nation of Israel with the coming of the Messiah. But what some of them couldn't understand, particularly the religious leaders, was the fact that Jesus was always in the company of sinners. I'm sure that most of them agreed that Jesus was a good teacher. That he was a sharp and quite provocative communicator. But for them, Jesus didn't fit the profile of a respected rabbi or leader because he cared about the poor and the needy. And because he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. This simply didn't make any sense for the religious leaders back then. You see... From the very beginning, the kingdom of heaven has been unexpectedly embraced by simple and weak people, disorienting those who pretend to be wise and strong. In fact, 
one of the reasons why Jesus told these parables in Luke chapter 15 was to make clear to the religious leaders of his day that he came to seek and to save the lost. One day, Jesus realized that the Pharisees and the scribes were criticizing him, saying the following, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he took the opportunity to confront them. Jesus didn't miss the opportunity. He had to do it. He took the opportunity to confront them and also to invite them to join him in the celebration of the arrival of the kingdom of God by telling them the parable of the two lost sons. Let me remind you how the parable goes. There was a man who had two sons. One day the younger son came to his father and asked him for his inheritance. Disappointed and heartbroken, the father divided his wealth between his two sons. A few days later, the younger son gathered all his money and left for a distant land, wasting everything he had living la vida loca. (laughs) As you can imagine, it didn't take long for him to end up broke and without anything to eat. Soon he came to his senses and decided to go back to his father's house, hoping to become like one of his servants. But to his surprise, as he was returning home, his father was eagerly waiting for him. As the father saw his younger son coming back, he ran out to embrace him, restoring their relationship and immediately throwing a party to celebrate the fact that his son who was once lost had finally been found and there's where we are picking up our story our study this morning there's a party going on there's a party going on and the one throwing the the party is the father in the parable The father was so happy to have his younger son back that he needed to celebrate. He couldn't wait to celebrate. You know, this part of the story makes me happy. Let me tell you why. In this story, the father represents God. And as you can see, our God doesn't want to keep his joy for himself to himself. He wants everyone to experience it. God loves to give his found sons and daughters a joyful welcome, a loving home, and a new and abundant life. According to Luke 15, 10, there is is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So yes, the kingdom of God is a place of celebration. It's a place where God's grace is highly valued and celebrated. And celebrated. What is amazing is that Jesus took the initiative of inviting everyone to the feast, including the religious leaders of Israel. Jesus made no distinction between religious and non religious people. He invited everyone in the same way that he's inviting us today. Jesus is inviting us to participate in the joyful celebration of God's grace. Now, I'm not sure how you're feeling about this. But as someone who loves to celebrate, this sounds very exciting. 
But I know that for some of you, celebrating is not a natural kind of a thing. And you know, that's okay. You know, the introverts in the room are like, yay. <laughs> that's okay. You know, this is not about us throwing a party. This is not about us planning a party. This is about us joining God's celebration. This is about us joining God, a God who delights in everything that he does. A God who delights in the salvation of his people. You see, God himself is throwing the party. Now, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think about God. But let me ask you. Do you think that our God is a happy God? What about the person of Jesus Christ? Do you think that Jesus was a happy person as he lived in this world? I'm sure he was. Some people seem to believe in a joyless Jesus. But I will argue that our Lord's life and ministry was characterized by joy. Otherwise, how he will bring gladness to the afflicted or hope to the broken hearted or how he will proclaim a message of freedom to the captives without joy? I don't think so. Hebrews 1, 9 says, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions, about priests, about prophets, about kings, by anointing you with the oil of joy. Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy. And I'm sure that this made him incredibly joyful. He was joyful because he had a great relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit rested on him. And Jesus always delighted himself in doing his father's will. And now he wants us to enjoy this kind of joy. Galatians 5.22 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. You see, Jesus came to restore our relationship with God. He came to restore our fallen humanity, to bring purpose to our lives, but also he came to give us his joy. So please don't miss out the amazing opportunity of experiencing the restoration of your relationship with God through Jesus Christ and to join him in his celebration of redemption. For there's a party going on. Just like in the parable, the return of the younger son in the parable resulted in a joyful celebration. Look at verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. So apparently everyone was at the party but the older son. The father was so happy that he couldn't wait for him to come back in order to start the celebration. The older son was too busy taking care of his working reputation. He was working long hours and far from his father's presence. So he had no way to know about the celebration. He was missing out. He had no clue. 
It was until he heard the music on his way back home that he found out about the party. Verse 25, when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So imagine, the older son is coming back from home. He notices that something significant is going on. Something different and important is going on. The sound of people laughing. The smell of good food. The band playing live music and the energy of people dancing. I'm sure that everyone was having fun. Everyone was enjoying. It was a great celebration. Certainly, the father was the one who was throwing the party. But all his guests as well got to experience the joy of the celebration. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You see, God wants us to experience his joy. And joy is found in the presence of God. And a joyful heart is a sign that our lives are functioning in tune and in alignment with the spirit of God. Joy makes our relationship with God a true delight. And it's capable of moving us to dance and to sing. Just like we did. I mean, some more than others. You know, some are just moving their feet and some others are like, yay! I'm a terrible dancer, so I won't criticize anyone. But the fact of the matter is that in that celebration, there was freedom. There was freedom to enjoy. So this is the kind of celebration that is going on as the older brother is coming back from the field. And I'm sure that he got confused. I'm sure that he wondered if he forgot about a special holiday or a religious celebration. What could it be? What kind of event will cause such a big celebration? He had no idea. So he had no option but to humiliate himself by asking someone else. Verse 26. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. So that's what's going on. His brother came back and his father has restored, had restored his honor, his authority, his freedom and his joy. And on top of it, his father threw a big party to celebrate. For this younger son came home and reconciled with him. Now, the point that Jesus wants to make by creating this scenario is to show the Pharisees and the scribes that it's possible to be like the older brother in the parable. That it's possible to be a religious person and yet to be far from God. That it's possible to miss the celebration. So please make sure that you don't miss the party. Don't miss it. Jesus is telling the Pharisees 
You are like the older son. You have access to the revelation of God, but you don't know his heart. You don't understand that the Messiah is in the business of finding the lost and giving them new life. Let me put it in our context. It's possible to go to church and to be far from God. It's possible to know the scriptures, to behave within biblical standards, and to get involved at church, and yet to have a weak relationship with God. To not have a solid foundation with him, and to ignore his heart. And as a consequence, to forget that God is compassionate and gracious. You heard right. God is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. That he doesn't repay us according to our sins. Now, look at the reaction of the older brother when he realized that his father was celebrating That his younger brother came back. Verse 28. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. What is this about? How come I didn't know? No one told me about the celebration. He got angry and refused to go in. And I think that this is quite shocking. The older brother looked good on the surface, but he had some issues going on. He wasn't happy with his brother coming back home. And he was offended that his father embraced him and celebrated his return. Now, maybe the older son didn't share the joy of his father because he felt excluded for, from his father's decision on accepting his brother back. He probably felt that he deserved it to be consulted first. But what the older brother didn't get is that his father didn't need his permission in order to receive his younger brother back. The father in that cultural context had the authority to welcome to his house whoever he wanted without giving explanations to anyone. But the older son's arrogance is blinding him from this reality. He's reacting out of anger. He's reacting out of resentment and jealousy. He's completely lost. And his lostness had led him to judge and condemn not only his younger brother, but his father as well. Just like the Pharisees criticized Jesus and his followers by saying that he welcomes sinners and meets with them. Now, the older son is criticizing his father for welcoming his younger son back home and for celebrating with so much joy. I'm sure that the older brother got mad because he pictured in his mind, are you ready for this? He pictured in his mind his father dancing and singing and being the life of the party. How is this possible? 
I'm the good son. My father is throwing out, throwing this party so the people could come and celebrate. I not even, I not even know about it. He pictured his father celebrating with so much joy. Yes, the younger son got to enjoy the party as well. But the party was thrown to celebrate the father's greatness. It's not that the party, it's not that those who show up to the party didn't enjoy themselves and had a great time. The father was the life of the party in the same way that Jesus is the life of the party. Jesus is the life of the party in the kingdom of God. We don't need to force anything. We don't need to tell people to do this or to do the other. Jesus is the life of the party. He moves people. He influences people. He invites people to join him in the celebration. And we get to rejoice in his presence. As the father in the parable, Jesus was delighted in welcoming sinners into his kingdom. And his ministry was characterized by a joyful spirit. I'm sure that Jesus was a fun person to be around. Now think for a minute in our Lord's audience. Both his followers and his opponents. On one hand, you have a group of grateful people rejoicing in the presence of the Savior of the world. And on the other, the judgmental religious leaders who were refusing to rejoice in the company of Jesus. Jesus, surrounded by the prostitutes. Jesus, Surrounded by the robbers. Jesus surrounded by the lowest of the low in society. Jesus surrounded by women in that context. They are calling him rabbi. And he's proud to call them his disciples. On the other hand, his critics, they couldn't take it. It was too much for them. Now, if I'm honest, I have to recognize that sometimes I behave like these religious leaders. For sure, at the beginning of my Christian journey, it was definitely easier for me to identify myself with the forgiving young brother in the story. But as the years have passed by, I have to acknowledge that sometimes I behave more like the older brother. It is not hard for me to pretend that I'm living by the rules and that I'm doing everything right, thinking less of others. Forgetting that there's no greater quality for the followers of Jesus than love. This is precisely what the Pharisees and the scribes didn't understand. And because of it, instead of leading the Israelites closer to God as their spiritual leaders, as the spiritual leaders of the nation, they became an obstacle 
for them. This is the reason why Jesus is telling them this parable. Again, he's confronting them and inviting them to join him in the celebration, making clear that everyone is welcome to the party. Everyone, todos, say with me, todos. Todos, everyone is welcome to the party. This is the beauty of Jesus. This is the beauty of grace. Jesus, the incarnation of the Father's love, is about to create for the second time. Yes, you heard me right. For the second time, a scene in the parable where an invitation to come back home is extended. An invitation to get in. An invitation to join him. Earlier in the parable, Jesus shared how the father in the story humiliated himself, running towards his younger son as he was returning home. And how he embraced him as his son. What Jesus is about to reveal next is equally astonishing. The father in the parable is about to humiliate himself once again. But this time... He will do it for the sake of the older son. As the older son was reluctant to show up to the party, the father made the move to abandon the celebration in order to go out to persuade his older son to get in. Verse 28, so his father went out and pleaded with him. He pleaded. Would you join us? You know, this is important. Your brother came back. What a, what a, what a great event. Powerful news. Would you join us? Would you come to celebrate with us? Now, before moving forward, I think that it's important for us to understand that this kind of behavior from the father was absolutely countercultural to the original audience of Jesus. They, they were like so impressed by what Jesus is saying. They as well are so confused. And that kind of cultural setting, the idea of a patriarch abandoning the party that he hosted was unthinkable. Not only because it will be extremely disrespectful to his guests, but because without the presence of the patriarch, the party will stop. No more fiesta, that's it. (laughs) This kind of behavior will bring dishonor to the family. And in an honor-based society, this was a big deal. But the father left the party regardless. He abandoned the party. He abandoned the celebration to plead with his older son to come in and to join the party. And he knew that by doing so, he will bring shame to himself. Not that he didn't care about his honor. But he cared about his honor as much as he cared about his son. He was willing to experience that kind of shame in order to show his love to his older son. 
This reminds me of Philippians chapter 2, verses 7 through 8 that says he made himself, Jesus made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. This is exactly what the father in the parable did. He humbled himself in order to reach out to his sons. So Jesus wasn't just sharing a simple story here. He was sharing with his audience the gospel. Now look at the way the older son responded to his father invitation. Verse 29. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Wow, this is, this is getting intense here. The older son is angry and very offended by the celebration. He doesn't get it. He's so confused. For him, everything that is going on is making no sense. He got so angry that he began to publicly argue with his father and to question his decision making. He is mad that there's an unfair situation happening and he threw it all out there in front of everyone. I have been your slave. I do everything you ask me to do and more. I've been focusing on work and on doing everything right. Yet, you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. So this is interesting here. Because the older son is making a point, And I think it's a valid point. <laughs> Compared to his younger brother, he's been a good son. But unfortunately, he hasn't realized that he has been as lost as his younger brother. Now, for sure, the older son was obedient and hardworking. Most likely, he was, as, he was well respected and admired in society. Maybe even some people consider him a role model as a son, but he was lost. Like the Pharisees and the scribes, they were lost. You see, the Pharisees and the scribes thought that they deserve a place of honor and authority in society because in their own eyes, they were righteous. But they weren't aware that their righteousness was keeping them from experiencing the joy of salvation. And as you know, salvation is not a matter of being good or being bad salvation is a matter of being found by god through jesus christ this is the message that jesus is proclaiming as i mentioned before in this parable the father represents god every time that he goes out to encounter each one of his sons he represents more explicitly the second person of the triune God. He represents Jesus Christ. 
In the parable, the father had to go out to encounter both his sons. In the same way that God had to come in the person of Jesus Christ to encounter us. This is what this parable is about. Jesus, with this parable, makes the time to reach out to his critics in the same way the father in the parable reached out to his older son, inviting him with so much compassion, with so much love to join the celebration. Look at verse 30, not 31. My son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. What is going on? Everything I have belongs to you. You not even know how to enjoy life. You not even know how to enjoy my company. You not even know how to enjoy family. You not even know. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And just like that, Jesus concluded his parable. Tan, tan, that's it. (laughs) Jesus concluded the parable with the father reminding the older son that everything he had was his. And by showing him how much he loved both his sons. The father didn't love the younger brother more than he loved the older. The father went out to embrace the older son just as he did for the younger. The father's love was equally offered to both sons. He equally loved them regardless of their individual journeys. In the end... The father manifested his motive for such celebration. The father wasn't just celebrating the restoration of his relationship with his younger son. He was also celebrating his resurrection from death to life. It was a big deal for the father to receive his younger son back. He didn't know the details. He didn't know the specifics of what happened in the far away country. But he had a good idea. He's inviting now the older son to come and to rejoice with him. The younger son was dead, but now he is alive. And now it was up to the older brother to respond to the invitation of his father to join him. And just like that, Jesus ended the parable. But is the older brother joining the party or not? We don't really know. But you see, this parable is not only the story of how the sinners and the religious leaders in biblical times responded to Jesus. But it's also a picture of 
how we all as humans created in God's image have responded to the display of our creator of our creator's love through Jesus Christ. And what we do know is that even though we all need restoration and resurrection, most people continue to reject our Lord's invitation. So what about you? Have you joined the party yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Unete a la fiesta. Join the party. Join the beautiful celebration of God's kingdom in the company of Jesus Christ and his people here and now and throughout eternity. Emmanuel of faith. Will we make this our story? Please stand. I hope you do. And we will pray together saying, Yes, Lord Jesus. Here we are. Father, in your presence, where there's joy, And we have come to celebrate your presence. We have come to rejoice in your company, Lord. Thank you for embracing us. Some of us have been far away. Some others, we have been around and yet too far from your presence. But in this beautiful morning, in this beautiful day, Lord, we acknowledge that we need you. And we want to say yes to your lordship. Yes, Lord, to you as our savior. Probably many people are rejecting you, but I won't. You are my savior. You are my king. You are my love. Lord, please allow us as well to live as your people, Lord, to be individuals that display your grace, your compassion, and your love to those around us. Please, Lord, allow us to enjoy everything that we have in Jesus Christ. Beautiful and amazing spiritual blessings, but also the simple things in life, our families, Our friends, the beauty of being alive and being able to respond to you. Thank you so much for this beautiful time in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our service. We'd love to have you join us in person. For more information about our church and service times, please visit efcc.org. If you would like to support the ministries of Emmanuel Faith, you can do so at efcc.org give.